Hello and welcome to Teen Mum Universe, an exploration of all things Teen Mum, sprinkled with a bit of British flavour. I'm your host, Lucy B. Hello guys, welcome to this week's podcast. How are you all? I hope you're well and I hope you've had a great week. I'm recording early today. I'm still going to put the podcast out on the same day, which is Sunday. However, I've got a late start at work today, so I've got an hour now before I start. I thought, why not use this hour to talk about good old Leah Messer Calvert Sims? And that's what I'm going to do. Before we start, any Team Mom news this week? So Amber's got into college. She's going to study psychology, Bachelor of Science Psychology, Applied Behavioural Analysis. I don't know what that is. I mean, I can guess though what it is. Good for Amber getting into college, number one. I think that is a good thing. I can't say I like Amber purely because she is an abuser. However, moving forward, I think that's a really great step for her life and I really hope she keeps at it. I did see a comment on Instagram which kind of bothered me a little bit in in that I agreed with the comment and um, it was someone just saying when an abuser studies something like that at college it then becomes even easier for them to manipulate their victims however I'm going to be optimistic maybe Amber will not repeat offend with her next partner and maybe this is a really good step in her life and she's kind of yeah taking positive strides so at this point good for Amber I I honestly hope she does really well with that. Time will tell, I guess. Guys, recording on a Friday morning is really different for me. I don't know why. I feel like I've not woke up as much, but I'm going to give myself a kick up the bum and I'm going to deliver a great episode today. As I said last week, today I'm going to be doing Leah's 16 and Pregnant, which I was so excited about. Leah, oh my God. I mean, the many different variations of Leah that we've seen over the last 10 years and just all of them are absolutely priceless. Some personal favourites of mine are motivational speaker Leah and because of Leah I always do remember to stand in my power y'all. There was hi Leah who was passing out whilst holding her baby and one of the production had to run in and catch the baby. There was also Leah in the car with the backpack where Leah and Jeremy are driving to some sort of cheer competition and Addie is in the back and like a full-on backpack that's bigger than her at this point falls on her and Addie's like, ah! and Leah and Jeremy are fighting. She's like, shut up, shut up. Like Leah is honestly the gift that keeps on giving. Right now, Leah seems to be doing pretty well. She seems to have left this cult, like that's gone very quiet. So I'm glad about that but oh my god she's just a gift and also the thing about Leah before I start I of course read Leah's book and it just left me with so many questions before I read the book I always my thoughts about Leah are I think she makes stupid mistakes but I think she's a nice person and by that I mean I don't think she intends to maliciously hurt people with her choices. I think she just doesn't think and maybe isn't that bright and makes mistakes. But I think at her heart, she's a good person. Like I kind of put her in the same category as Caitlyn from Team Mummo G. I'm a big Caitlyn fan. I, again, I don't, I think Caitlyn is just a really nice person. I think, I feel like she would be so easy to get along with. Like you could go out, you could go out for dinner with her and she'd be super agreeable and just kind of want to have a nice time. Not bitch, not gossip, not be aggressive. 
I don't know if I'm getting this across well, but I think she's nice. Like, I think Leah and Caitlin, I think would be easy to be friends with. They're not aggressive. They're like, this is what it is. They both are not confrontational. And I like that because I also am not confrontational. And I also class myself as a nice, agreeable person or I try to be. Yeah, so they don't like confrontation, which I think is what I'm getting at. Whereas someone like Amber or a Kale are very much more on the front foot with their aggression and they're not afraid of confrontation. And I would be a little bit more wary of them. So what I'm saying, I think Leah is a nice girl at her heart and I think I'd get on well with her. However, and I still think that, and I thought that watching her episode, even though she was making stupid decisions, and I think that now, Although reading her book, my God, guys, if you've not read her book, I can only recommend it wholeheartedly. It's so interesting. It's about 10 pages long, so you'll fly through it. Really easy to read. She definitely didn't write that, by the way. She definitely sat across from a real writer and told them her story and gave them a timeline and the real writer wrote it. But whatever, like, congratulations to Leah. She's got a book. But in the book, she's, there's this one bit where she says she was in an underground fight club when she was in middle school and she beat a girl up so bad that the girl was in hospital and Leah was arrested and put on probation. And I was just like, what? That is not the non-confrontational Leah that we know and love so well. So, yeah, I don't know what, like, that book was... Just, so much. I mean, okay, I'll get into the episode because I'll talk more about the book as I go through because for those of you that have read the book as well, there's so many revelations about Dawn as well, which I was just so surprised about. So we'll get onto it, but I'm aware that I've talked for seven minutes now and we've not actually started the episode. I've also only got 55 minutes before I start work, so there is a good chance I will not finish this today and have to come back to it tomorrow, but that's okay. It won't bother you guys. I'll just edit it together. So, Leah's episode 16 and pregnant. Hey, my name is Leah. I'm 17 years old and I live in the mountains of West Virginia in a small town called Elkview. My house is pretty crowded. There's my brother, sister, and my mum. There's a shot of Leah and Victoria and her brother Isaac, I think, here and Dawn all sat on the stove here. And Leah and Dawn have identical, like, crispy hair. Do you know those crispy curls that were so popular in, I don't know, about 2008? That's what they're rocking. My dad left when I was little, so I really don't know him. Me and my mum are really close. She spoils me rotten because I'm her firstborn. Okay, so Dawn... In this episode, and in all the Team Mom episodes, she comes across as just quite rational and the voice of reason. And according to the book, Dawn was not like that at all. So I don't know if Dawn just from the get-go self-produced in order to make herself look good. So in the book, basically, she, um, as Leah was growing up, Dawn had unmedicated bipolar. So not Dawn's fault she was ill but yeah it didn't sound like Leah's upbringing was the nicest Leah would say that Dawn would like not let Leah go to school and make her stay home and clean all day so many things which I, I think I might wait till later there was one incident at a party where Dawn locked Leah and a male friend in her room and like forced them to have sex with each other when Leah was about 15 like so many just mad revelations 
So, yeah, no sign of that dawn here. Maybe her bipolar is medicated now and that's kind of why she's a bit more stable and rational seeming. It's probably just that. That would make the most sense. But yeah, Leah and Dawn in this episode are really close. Doesn't seem like that was always the case going off the book. But in this episode and moving forward, they seem close. I think, again, that Leah is like Caitlin, one of those people who does just want to get along with people. You know, like Caitlin and her mum. Her mum was awful to her. And now Caitlin and her mum seem pretty close. It's like Caitlin's kind of like, it happened in the past. Let's not hold grudges. Let's move on. So yeah, Leah and Dawn in this episode seem fine. That's Reagan, Rachel, and that's me, and that's Alyssa. We're pretty much inseparable. We're all on the cheerleading team, and this year is our senior year of high school, so we get a shot of all Leah's friends. This is Corey. He drove me home from a party one night, and one thing led to another. Corey's two years older than me, but I'm definitely more mature. We just started dating, and we're still getting to know each other. I don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to try to stay together and work it out, because I'm pregnant with twins dun, dun, da, da, dun. okay so a lot to take in in that intro um we get a shot of leah and corey and they're at some sort of barbecue all their friends are there we get the zoom in on leah's pregnant belly they're like surprise reveal this episode i suppose if you hadn't seen it before would be a bit more of a surprise reveal because she does the whole i'm pregnant with twins like yeah that's that's a decent surprise that's good tv mtv really lucked out with leah i feel like so september 22 weeks pregnant me and corey's relationship got set on the fast track that's for sure so corey and leah are walking hand in hand through some sort of green space i don't know it's all very green and mountainy around there not a city in sight leah's got the crispy hair and the poke straight bangs at the front corey has a camo cap and a camo jumper like draped around his shoulders Okay, so the amount of camo that Corey wears in this episode is insane. Like, I, I know they had the camo, the camo-themed wedding, and they did that weird picture later on where Corey and Leah dressed in camo and they put the babies in camo baby grows. So I knew Corey liked camo, but I'd forgot, going back in these early episodes, how much he liked camo. Every scene I feel like Corey is in camo. If I took a shot every time I saw camo in this episode, I would be paralytic by like the 10 minute mark. So yeah, just just wanted to flag that up. There's a lot of camo. When you see Corey, you see camo. And that's fine, the guy likes camo. Leah says, Corey was just supposed to be a rebound for me because when we met, I just got out of a three year long relationship. We see Leah and Corey here sat in some sort of cafe and I've written curly haired Leah looks so much like Ali. Like when you strip back Leah's uh, blonde straightened hair and the makeup and I think Leah was a little bit podgier here. Well, of course she was because she was pregnant, but she she looks just like Ali. Everyone always says Ali looks like Corey, but in this episode, there are so many moments when Leah and Ali are the spit of each other and it's so cute. At first, things were great and we had fun. To demonstrate this aforementioned fun, they then show a clip of Leah and Corey sat in a car and Corey farting. And they're both like, oh my God, Corey. It's like, no, sir, not fun in my books. I'd be like, get out of the car. But we were only dating one month before I got pregnant. It's a lot of pressure because we hardly even know each other. And now we're having twins. 
Liam and Corey are sat on the swing set. They love a swing set in 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mum. I feel like this swing set is visited many times throughout Leah's segments. By the way, I did, I could not get subtitles on my episode. Don't know why. I'm not very good at tech. So I had to watch all of this without subtitles. So let's just say I only picked up about 65% of what Corey said and the rest of what he said sounded like <laughs> so I've done my best guys but Corey need, is Corey is the sort of person that needs subtitles Corey says most times when I think oh if I get pregnant I have a kid that'll be alright you know everything you'll have two kids so that was most times when I think oh if I get pregnant and have a kid that'll be alright you never think you'll have two kids they both look so young here they talk about how it's twice the expense, twice the amount of diapers, just twice everything. And Corey says, all oh, because of one night of fun in my truck. Ooh, what a romantic setting to conceive a child in a truck. We know how much Corey loves that truck as well. He then says, you're the one who said my shot's still good. So we know how they got pregnant. She, I guess, was on the depot shot and stopped taking it, which I think she does say in her book. They say they're just getting used to each other and the idea of being pregnant. Leah says, it's kind of funny that I'm the first real relationship you had and now I'm pregnant. Ha! So funny. What a laugh. What a joke. I'm in my first relationship for a month and I knock someone up with twins. Great stuff. They say they weren't ready and it's hard. And you can, you can tell all the way through this episode that Leah so wishes she was pregnant with Robbie's babies and not Corey's. And it's so painful to watch. Here we go. She starts talking about Robbie. Voiceover. When I was with my ex-boyfriend Robbie, hearts in her eyes, I was on birth control the whole time. But, but when we broke up, I missed one of my shots. Turns out you really can't do that. So now I'm pregnant. We found out we're having two girls and we're naming them Leah and Leah. <laughs> we're naming them Aliana and Aaliyah. There's not room for all of us at my mum's house, so before the babies are born, me and Corey have to move in together. It's a lot for us to get used to. Not just for us, but for our families too. Yeah, of course it's a lot to get used to because you're 17. Oh my gosh, imagine. Corey and Leah are driving in the infamous truck and they talk about their parents' reactions. They say they were disappointed at first, but they're trying to be supportive. Leah, of course, so another little tidbit from Leah's book. Leah was 13 when she lost her virginity. She was staying in Florida with her dad at this point. So she had sex with a boy, immediately panicked, thought she was pregnant because bless her, she was 13. She didn't know how you, how exactly you got pregnant. She just knew if you had sex, you could get pregnant. So she calls her mum and her mum drove across the country to see her. They took a pregnancy test, she wasn't pregnant. But yeah, Leah has been sexually active for a while and Dawn knows that she's been sexually active for a while. And oh, a little bit of judgment on Dawn there. She probably should have made sure her kid was getting her depot shot on time. So then we're in a garden, they're at some sort of cookout. The two families sit on chairs as Leah and her mum and Corey and his dad and stepmom Joetta. Leah talks about being in the scan and finding out it was twins. She said she was lying there and she knew something was going on, but she didn't know what. And then the scan lady revealed she was having twins. Dawn reenacts how this news was revealed. She said the sonographer said, I hate to be the barrier of this news and you're only 17. 
I think she meant to say I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but what she said was I hate to be the barrier of this news. Sure on, sure Crow's dad tells them they need to grow up quick and they're gonna have to forfeit these years of doing what they want. Leah is scared, the parents say that they want them to stay together, which I think is fair enough. I know it's a lot of pressure to put on them, but I guess at this point your kids get pregnant with twins, you don't want them to be doing it on their own as single parents, so you would encourage them to try and make it work with their partner. Being pregnant with twins is way harder than I thought it would be. I was excited for my senior year, but I just can't juggle schoolwork on top of getting ready for the twins, so I'm taking off the first semester. Now I can't be on the cheerleading team and I hardly see my friends. So then we're outside again. So many like green spaces, fields, parks, mountains. All her friends are sat on a long bench like it's the last supper and Leah's friends ask her what she misses most about school. Leah says the thing she misses most is cheering. Her friends ask if she's coming back to high school and she says maybe in the second semester, which Leah does graduate to her credit. In the very first episode of Team One, we see Leah graduating. So congratulations Leah. They all laugh about how Leah would have to come back into school and sit in the bathrooms and using a breast pump. Everyone giggles. It's quite cute. The two friends sat next to Leah look about 45. So they must be some of the kids' mothers rather than just part of the friendship group. Victoria tells her friends that Leah took 17 pregnancy tests and is like, oh no, they must all be wrong. It's quite funny. Leah says the scariest thing about being pregnant is that she wants things to work out with Corey. She didn't have her dad around at all and she wants her kids to have a dad. Fair enough. Again, I can see a lot of Leah's motivations for her choices. They're the wrong choices and the wrong motivations, but you can kind of see why she does what she does, especially in the earlier seasons of Teen Mum where she's sort of back and forth with Corey and then she gets with Jeremy straight away, has a kid with Jeremy. I, she just she just wants a family, doesn't she? Bless her. Leah and her mum are then in the living room. We see the outside of Leah's mum's house and it's such a stark difference to Chelsea's dad's house or Joe's parents' house. Leah has no money, Leah is poor. Leah tells her mum she just hopes her and Corey can make it work. The living room here is a little bit messy, but not as bad as I thought. Like I imagined, I, I, I don't know. I imagined that house would be really chaotic. It wouldn't be clean. There'd be shit all over the floor, but it was quite tidy. So props to Dawn. Dawn says, you can if y'all want to and you work on it hard enough, but you all are young and you don't know what you want out of life. Again, Dawn seems very reasonable, very rational. Such a stark contrast to the Dawn that is presented in the book. I don't know, please, please read the book because I just can't convey the true sort of instability of Leah's life growing up until you've read the book. Leah says she doesn't know if Corey is her soulmate. She says, so this is how she describes Corey, the father of her children and future husband. I mean, we don't get along all the time. Oh gosh, but... I don't know. Oh, wow. Glowing review for Corey there from Leah. Leah reiterates that they were only together a month and now she's pregnant. So she sort of feels like she has to stay with him. And her mum agrees and again encourages her to make it work. Which, yes, I can see why everyone is pressuring these kids to stay together. But at some point, I really feel like one of the adults here should have said, you know you guys don't have to stay together if you don't love each other and I think things would have worked out 
much differently. Leah says most people fall in love and then start a family. I just hope it works out the other way around. 26 weeks pregnant. While most of my friends are getting ready for homecoming, still to this day, I don't know what homecoming is. No one's told me. Come on, guys, hit me up. What is homecoming? Me and Corey are getting ready to start a family. Okay, so this scene aesthetically is my favorite scene of the whole episode it lasts for approximately two seconds but you guys will be glad to know i took a screenshot so we can relive this moment forever leah and corey are sat on a sofa and leah has taken a leaf out of chelsea's book here and gone for the animal print look she's wearing this garish zebra print top and she's got in a matching zebra print hair bow in her hair and it is such a look girl is turning looks that's it they don't really do anything they're just looking through pregnancy books to demonstrate i don't know that they're getting ready for the baby but oh my god so grateful for that shot I will include the screenshot when I upload the episode. Leah then says over voiceover, Corey's working two jobs to save up for when the twins get here. Corey is so good. Corey is, I think, one of the only baby daddies in the whole franchise that from the get-go was on board and committed and wanted to make money and wanted to look after his kids. Good on you, Corey. We see a split screen here, very 2009, of Corey working his two jobs jobs so one of them he's working in a warehouse it looks like and the other he's working on a truck wearing you guessed it camo leah says and i've been looking for a place for us to live Corey's supposed to be selling his truck since there's no room in there ah oh, the chekhov's gun of it all the infamous truck that is behind the divorce Corey and his friend stand in a car park at the side of a mountain, I, I don't know where it is, and talk about how he doesn't want to have to give up Black Thunder, the truck. Oh, don't we know it, Corey. This truck thing is going to escalate, and in a couple of seasons, you are going to get divorced because of a truck. Also infamously, the next truck Corey buys, Leah and Corey have sex in it after Corey marries Miranda. Fun fact, fun truck fact, they really like having sex in trucks. Have they, would they not prefer to be in a bed? It's probably comfier and warmer. I'm sat in my car recording this. As you guys know, that is my top secret hiding place where I go and record this podcast. And I am freezing. I really want to turn the engine on and put my heater on, but I'm not going to because that would be really noisy. And that's how dedicated I am to giving you guys mediocre sound quality on this podcast so in the next scene leah and corey are gonna go and check out a car that's for sale leah and corey are driving to the car place and i see what leah's wearing immediately and i just know what is coming leah's in the blue sweatshirt those of you that have seen this episode many times like me will know what's about to come next so again, we get another little Chekhov's gun here in the truck. Leah's like, I think she's kicking my bladder, like straight up kicking it. They get out of the truck and walk to look at this new car that they want to buy. And then Leah just starts laughing. Corey hasn't realized what's going on and carries on walking. And Leah is like motioning to the camera and he's like, no, oh my God, go, go away. She goes, I just peed my pants. So funny. Leah is just creasing, stood in the middle of the open road, covered in pee. 
the cameras are there and she's like no go go away don't look imagine if this happened to farah farah would like sue mtv so they would never show the incident leah's just like straight up laughing like oh my god this is hilarious leah's like go go away laughing and corey has now noticed that she's peed herself and he's telling her to get in the truck also laughing leah then turns around and shows corey her wet ass covered in pee she you can tell she's so mortified but she's laughing she's like she's handling it like a trooper again i think leah's just a nice girl do you know what i mean like there's no airs and graces she's like yeah i just peed myself okay nothing i can do to hide the situation might as well laugh at myself she's then gets in the truck with Corey. they go home leah's covered in pee and she's like i couldn't make it stop i mean seriously Corey, it's all the way down to my socks my socks that was like a big old pee and Corey and leah laugh and it's really cute and it's sad that things deteriorate in their relationship so much next scene voiceover i'm trying to laugh it off but this whole pregnancy is getting really hard my doctor told me my pregnancy is high risk and I'm starting to have a ton of health issues. I've noticed Leah does this thing where she says A instead of A. So she's like, I'm starting to get a ton of health issues. I'm just sitting in a car. Corey's just going to a job. Like she's very much the school of Mackenzie McKee who also does that on the voiceovers. Leah's got a bit better at voiceovers these days, but not much. They're still not great. None of these girls are good at voiceovers. You'd think MTV would fork out and send them to some sort of class. Just give them like one acting class and teach them how to do a natural voiceover. Corey, Leah and Dawn walk into a restaurant and I had to pause this to catch the name of the restaurant. It's called Quaker Shake and Lube. What? Is this a thing? Is this a chain? Quaker Shake and Lube? Oh, it doesn't sound very appetizing to me. Leary's hungry, but she feels sick. She tells Corey has, he has no idea how bad it sucks, and we then get a close-up of Leah burping and trying to hold down a sick, followed by her saying, oh gosh, Leah does not look good in fairness. Like, she looks sick as a dog. She says it's hard enough being sick all the time, but on top of that, I'm starting to feel lonely. Shot of Leah lied on her bed. The wall behind her has no personality. I thought at first this was her bedroom, but it was just really nondescript. But later I see that there's, for an unclear reason, a bed in the living room. So I think this is the bed that Leah's lied on at this point. She says, I hardly see anyone since I'm not in school, but today is my baby shower and I get to see all the girls again. Okay, Leah's outfit. Another high fashion moment for Leah. Lee throughout this whole episode is just an absolute gift. She's got the crispy hair, she's got the poker straight strands at the front. She's wearing a bright pink turtleneck jumper with a beige woolen sweater vest over the top, little pearl necklace round her neck and matching pearl bracelet, aka the pearls probably were made out of plastic and were $2 from Walmart, but you get my drift. She's feeling herself as a strong, confident mother of two girls. Leah talks to her friends at the baby shower and they all touch her belly and she says the babies are resting on her sciatic nerve, which sounds really painful. She's not going back to school until January, but she's looking forward to it because she's so sick of missing out on things. She says, I should be hanging out getting ready for senior week, but instead I'm sorting babies and diapers. And again, I've said here, I want a floor plan of the mum's house because I, and I want to know why there's a bed in the living room. Like, 
just someone sleeping that permanently is that we know that's not where leah sleeps all the time because later on we see a shot of her actual bedroom so i don't know maybe dawn sleeps in there maybe it's like a three bedroom house so the kids all have a room and dawn sleeps in the living room i don't know leah and corey then sit outside the house she says i have a lot on my plate right now she then treats us to two giant sniffs she goes i have a lot on my plate right now thank you leah for that audible treat i normally edit out my sniffs for you guys because i'm so generous like that but i think i'm gonna leave those in to demonstrate how leah sounded at this part of the episode she says i'm having problems with my leg i'm having problems with my back i have to see another doctor it's just like if it's not one thing it's another which is really ominous because that's kind of the story of leah's next 10 years because of course she gives birth to ali who has a disability this whole pregnancy for leah is really hard like there's nothing funny about that she says although there is something funny about this she goes what do you want to do about the house situation she burps mid sentence and tries to hold down a bit more sick leah is not looking good they're looking for places but can't find anywhere leah says this is just way too hard voiceover all night i could hardly sleep my legs were hurting my back was hurting and i started having sharp pains in my stomach this morning it got even worse so we called my doctor Leah and Corey drive to the hospital. Corey gives Leah a little pep talk. He says, everything is okay. You got to think it. You can't think negative. You've just got to be positive. Whew, that sounds healthy. And I feel like this is one of the reasons Leah struggles so much later on with anxiety and unresolved health issues because there seems to be a real attitude here of suck it up, get on with it, which I can empathize with. I'm from the north of England, so it's very much similar there. But yeah, when Corey said that, I know he was trying to be motivational and cheer her up, but I just thought, eesh, not the best thing. You know, he could have just said to her, do you know what, Leah, I know this is really hard and it's okay to feel like it's hard, but he's a 19 year old boy. So what can you do? The voiceover says, but Corey was wrong. It's not okay. My doctor took one look at me and admitted me to the hospital. Those sharp pains I'm feeling are contractions. I'm only six months pregnant and it's way too early for me to give birth. MTV is playing some sort of tribal drums in the background here to really up the feeling of drama. It's like, boom, 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 boom. 27 weeks pregnant. I'm only six months pregnant, but last night I started going into labor. My water didn't break, but I'm having really bad contractions. This is happening way too soon. So Leah is sat in a hospital bed here with Dawn next to her. She looks rough. There's no, nothing from the school of Chelsea here where Chelsea's mid labor and is like topping up her bronzer. No, Leah looks rough. She says the doctors are trying everything to stop her from giving birth because delivering the twins early could be really dangerous. Each baby weighs less than two pounds and their lungs aren't developed enough to breathe on their own. I'm terrified that the girls won't survive if I, give, if I have to give birth. Whew, so much drama in this episode. There's so much plot in this episode. We're not even, I think at this point we were about 20 minutes into the episode and all this has happened. So three days later, it took three days in the hospital, but the doctors finally found the right combination of medicines that worked for me. Leah's still in the hospital, but she start, She looks a lot better at this point. She's got colour in her cheeks. She doesn't look as terrified. Corey is sat next to her wearing, guess what? Camo! Everyone take a shot. 
They let Leah go home, but she's on bed rest now. I also noted that Leah is tiny here. Considering she's six months pregnant with twins, Leah looks the way I look after I've eaten a large Domino's pizza. <laughs> Leah looks a little bit bloated and nothing more. So yeah, Leah's stuck on bed rest now. She says, bed rest sucks. All I can do is lie around. So we see Leah in the living, in the bed, in the living room. She's wearing a massive thick hoodie and she's under two duvets. And we hear her say, oh, it's really cold in this house. In this moment, Leah is my spirit animal. Every day of my life, especially in this work from home stuff, I'm in approximately three jumpers under two duvets with my heater on and I still can't get warm. Guys, it's a problem. Like, I'm always cold. So I could feel Leah in this moment when she was all wrapped up in her jumpers being like, oh, I'm so chilly. I'm bored and lonely and I can't stop thinking about all the stuff I should be doing to get ready for the girl. We then get a shot of Leah and her mum chatting about how bed rest sucks. Nothing new there. We then get another shot, like it keeps jumping forward in time to show that Leah's still on bed rest. We get a shot of Leah sat up in bed looking like something from The Exorcist. She looks harrowed. And she says, after four weeks, I've had all I can take. 32 weeks pregnant. Since I've been laid up, my mum stepped in and found me and Corey a place to live together. Again, wild and dawn, very together, keeping things afloat at this point. Moving in together is a huge step forward in our relationship. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm really ready, but ready or not, today is moving day. I'm breaking my bed rest so Corey and I can move over some of our stuff. That seems like a terrible idea. We get a shot here of Leah, like, m lugging couches and heavy boxes into this new place. I don't think that's quite what the doctors had in mind when they advised bed rest Leah. Our new place needs a lot of work, but it's all we can afford, so Corey can just fix it up himself. I can relate. I recently bought a house, and it is a shell of a house, and we're going to do it up. Because houses are expensive. Leah and Corey go shopping for paint now. I guess at this point, Leah has totally abandoned bed rest. They want to buy six cans of paint for $20 each or 20 cans of paint for $6 each. I couldn't work it out, but either way, Corey does the maths on a calculator and realizes that they can't afford $120 right now. Corey is wearing dun dun, a camo jacket and a camo hat. Take two shots, everyone. Congratulations, you're now drunk. The peak of Corey's camo hat here is bent so much as well. It looks like he's got like a dead duck on his head. It's not a great look. He says to Leah, we ain't getting paint today. So they leave the shop paintless and Corey calls his stepmom to tell her what just happened, but she can't hear him. So he says, oh, we tried to buy paint. And she's like, S you tried to buy saint? Sail? Sake? And Leah's just like, just say yes. So Corey's just like, yeah, and hangs up. You can tell he's really aggravated at this point. Corey and Leah sit in their shell of a house and Leah says she's about to reach breaking point. Leah tells Corey she's in a bad mood and Corey is like, okay, cool, I gotta go. And then he throws some balled up paper in her face. Great way to handle a moody pregnant woman. I'm in a really bad mood today. Okay, great, I'm going. Here's a piece of paper right in your face. Good work, Corey. It reminded me so much of the infamous bacon slap as well when Jeremy hit her in the face with the bacon. Leah says, Corey thinks he's funny, but right now I don't see anything funny about our situation. Later that day, Leah is showing her friends Alyssa and Reagan pictures of the scan. 
again bed rest seems to have gone completely out the window leah is sat on the floor wearing spongebob pajama bombs which i thought were another great look her friends ask if she's happy and she's like mm. her friend wants a better answer than that and leah says she is happy and covers it with a ton of nervous laughter so it's perhaps not the most believable oh guys i'm just moving around in my car here it's my feet have gone numb from the cold i wasn't lying when i said i get cold like i genuinely think i have problems with being cold but i'm gonna stick it out guys and i'm not gonna put the heater on because i'm so dedicated to you and this podcast 34 weeks pregnant last week me and corey lives in together oh last week me and corey moved in together that should say and he finally sold his truck we spent two weeks getting settled in our new place and today i'm unpacking the last boxes it's hard though because starting my old life just make starting my new life just makes me miss my old life so leah and victoria are going through all leah's boxes of childhood stuff leah is turning to so many outfits this time she has a khaki green t-shirt and a white ribbon tied in her tied in a bow at the top of her head like the picture of bloody purity they read notes that got passed in class from Le all Leah's old school stuff and the note says what's up with you and little Fisher Leah goes I dated Robbie for two freaking years Victoria goes two and a half years Leah goes yeah it was almost three okay make up your mind here at this point because before in the voiceover she said she was with Robbie for three years now she's with him for two years two and a half years like which is it Leah I'm guessing they were just on and off in fact I think she did say that in her book and towards the end he kind of ghosted her and was not very nice to her but yeah she was with Robbie for two or three years we're not sure one of the two Leah looks through her old stuff and seems really sad and says she really did love Robbie we see a little photo of Leah and Robbie together which I wish MTV would have zoomed in on more because I feel like this would have been gold dust I haven't talked to Robbie since I got pregnant but when I think about happy I was with him it makes me question what I have with Corey now every little thing Corey does drives me crazy so Corey and Leah are in the car later that day. Leah is clearly pissed off. She says Corey is driving too fast. They bicker. Leah at this point, I feel like is done. Like she's out of the relationship. She's just not feeling it. I also think with Leah, so when she says, uh, when I think about how happy I was with Robbie, it makes me question what I have with Corey. I feel like most people can do that though. And I think it is just a thing of wanting what you can't have. I just think it's really bad to compare relationships because what one person gives you and offers you is never the same as what another person gives you and offers you and you have to kind of weigh up who the best person is for you. No one's perfect so as soon as you find something wrong, in quotations wrong, with someone that you're with, it's natural to look back and be like oh such and such buddy didn't do this. No, but such and such a body had other qualities that were also bad. And if you were with him, you'd probably miss qualities from that guy. Like, do you know what I mean? I think it's just like a very immature headspace that Leah's in, which is understandable because she's 17. Yeah, I don't, think she, I don't think she does miss Robbie. I think she's just pissed off by Corey and wants an escape. Well, she says that later. She says the whole thing with Robbie was just her wanting to escape from this situation that she felt really overwhelmed by. Leah says the twins are due in six weeks, but I'm starting to rethink everything. Okay, so at this point, I think Leah should have left Corey because what she did instead was stay with Corey, start an affair with Robbie at the same time, treat Corey horribly. Everyone got hurt. Like, at this point, someone should have just said to Leah, Leah, you're clearly not happy with him, or you think you're not happy with him. Leave him, be on your own for a bit, and see what that's like. I just think it could have avoided a lot of drama and hurt. 
Lee talks to her mum at home about how much of a change it is being pregnant. Okay, glasses at the ready here because now Dawn is wearing camo. Dawn says she has to let go of her daughter way before she would have had to if she wasn't pregnant. That night I stay, I decided to stay at my mum's house because I need some space from Corey. With so much on my mind, I couldn't sleep at all. Finally, I woke up my mum because something didn't feel right. So she sat on the sofa, super chill I might add, and she just goes, I think I'm leaking. Dawn, again, super cash, goes, do you want me to call your doctor? I mean, yeah, probably, Dawn, you should call a doctor because it sounds like her water's just broken. But they're both just like, no, it's all right. Leah says, no, don't call them. It might just be pee and then I'd be embarrassed. It might be pee or it might be two babies crowning out of your vagina, Leah. They end up going to the hospital, thank God, and turns out, surprise, surprise, it was her water that had broken. Even though I'm not due for six more weeks, the doctor said it was normal for twins to be born early. So Dawn pushes Leah into the hospital in a wheelchair and Leah gives her mum a full-on amber kiss on the lips here. Leah says, Corey came out as soon as I called him. Even though we've been fighting a lot, I'm really glad to see him. I have to have an emergency C-section because the bottom baby is breached. So Leah is in her hospital bed, I guess, there getting ready for her C-section. Dawn here is sponsored by the state of West Virginia. She has a yellow West Virginia t-shirt on and a matching yellow West Virginia cap. And I also noticed before they had a West Virginia flag outside the house and West Virginia cushions on the couch. So Dawn's just like an early influencer here promoting West Virginia. Leah says they prepped me for surgery and Corey put on scrubs and stayed with me the whole time. So Corey and Leah go in ready for the C-section. Corey's got a little hairnet on, looks very funny. Leah's got a whole entourage waiting outside the delivery room. All her friends are there, Dawn, Corey, Joetta, Victoria. There's a lot of people in this girl's life, which you can't knock. Most of the people in this entourage are of course wearing camo. We then see the stills of the babies after they've been born and it's actually really emotional. We find out Aliana was born first and one minute later Aaliyah arrived. Then we get the usual screenshot of the kids' names and ages. So it says Aliana £3.11, ounces, Aaliyah £3.13. ounces. They're so tiny. Aaliyah Grace is really tall now as well so I was surprised. I forgot that she was such a small baby. I mean I know it makes sense because she was premature. But yeah, Aaliyah Grace is really caught up. She's like a supermodel tall now. Since the twins were six weeks early, the doctors took them straight to intensive care. I was still in surgery and wasn't even able to hold them. There's this story about Aliana in Leah's book where they say they noticed straight away that Aliana physically just didn't look right. Like her knees were bent back at odd angles and her arms were stuck over her head. And Leah and Corey were really concerned from the get-go. And apparently the doctors just kind of poo-pooed them a little bit and said there was nothing wrong. In the first season of Team Mum, when Leah does that whole thing of, oh, I'm starting to realise something's wrong with Aliana, they'd noticed before, and I think the hospital were just not very on it with that, which is rubbish. The hospital should have looked into that straight away, I feel like. Leah says they're perfectly healthy, oh, but they were so small, they had to have tubes to give them food and oxygen. So Leah is rolled through the hospital in a wheelchair and on a drip, which is enough to put anyone off getting a C-section. Like, again, she is not looking good here. She looks sick. Leah and Corey leave the hospital. Oh, this bit is really sad. So Corey's in the truck waiting for her. And Leah comes out of the hospital doors alone 
with a big bundle of it's a girl balloons and she just looks so sad and like the balloons are really happy and congratulatory and it just contrasts so much with how Leah looks it's really sad she gets in the car and cries she's like I carried them for eight months now I have to leave them then I'm just walking out with just balloons Leah also again looks so tiny here she's got like a very small belly i know people still have a belly after you give birth but to say she's just given birth to twins i again thought she would have been much bigger at this point the twins have to be closely monitored so they're staying at the hospital and i've just written at this point leah has had a rough ride so far it's not been the smoothest for her bless her january the twins have to stay in the hospital for a while because they're so small. So me and Corey visit them every day. We get shots of Leah and Corey holding the girls. Corey's wearing overalls and a camo cap. I'm paralytic at this point from the drinking game. Don't know about you guys. Also, I think, so the twins were born in December, weren't they? And so I think this means their first Christmas was spent in the hospital, which is really sad. I'm gonna take a quick break here, guys, and go to work. So I guess we're about halfway through the episode. I will do the other half of the episode tomorrow. Hi guys, I'm back. I had to finish halfway through the episode yesterday because I had to go to work. Work, by the way, went terribly because my Wi-Fi broke, so I got kicked out of my Microsoft Teams meeting. So yeah, we all had a great day yesterday, and now I'm back to continue on Leah's 16 and pregnant journey. Full disclosure, I'm back in the car, obviously. I'm wearing a big coat today because yesterday I got really, really chilly. So I'm going to try and not rustle the coat too much, but if you hear a rustling sound, that's what it is. And do you know what? I'm wearing the coat anyway because it's really cold and I'm not going to take it off. So Leah and Corin go and visit the girls in hospital. There's shots of Leah and Corey holding the girls. Corey is wearing overalls and a camo cap. Take a shot. She said it's a little scary changing their diapers because they're so tiny. And then after three weeks in the hospital, they're allowed to take the twins home. Three weeks, that's quite a long time. That must have been really tough. I swear Chelsea didn't have to leave Aubrey in that long. Maybe Aubrey wasn't as premature as the girls is. I don't know. But yeah, three weeks, they're finally allowed to take them home. So Corey, so Corey and Leah are in the car and they've got the babies in the back in the car seat. And Corey's so funny. He's driving at like two miles an hour. Every time they go over the smallest lump or bump in the road, Corey goes, oh my God, a bump. And Leah's just like, come on, Corey, they'll be fine. Let's just go home. She says, taking care of two newborn babies is a lot of work. We get the classic 5 a.m. shot of a baby crying and Leah getting out of bed. Leah says when Ali starts crying, she wakes up Aaliyah. And then as soon as she changed one diaper, the other one needs to be changed. Guys, this sounds hard. Twins. Whew. Leah says she's barely getting any sleep at night and she's really on edge. Note here, we're not even halfway through the episode at this point, so I'm watching it. I've made 10 million pages of notes. I've talked for 53 minutes and I was thinking, what happens next that we're only not even halfway through the episode? And then I remembered, it's Robbie. So Corey and Leah are up, it's half seven, they're tending to the babies. Leah is clearly irritated by everything Corey does. Corey goes, give me a kiss, you haven't kissed me in like three days. And Leah says, well, we both have morning breath and she won't kiss him. So that's nice of her. The romance is alive and well in the Sims household. Leah says, I thought once the girls were born, motherhood would come natural to me. 
Leah has wet hair here, so she sat on the couch drying her hair. I think the babies are either in her arms or asleep. But I was just wondering, how do you even wash your hair when you've got not one but two babies? Do you have to wait till they're both asleep at the same time and then do like a speed shower? That must be so stressful. Leah says living with two babies and Corey is more than she bargained for. Today, Reagan and Rachel came by to cheer me up. Leah has a little top knot here. I guess she's halfway through straightening her hair, so the bottom half of her hair is straight and then the top half is like a perfect top knot on top of her head. Just made me laugh. I immediately recognise that style because that's how I look when I'm halfway through straightening my hair and it does look a little odd. She talks to her friends about how hard it is. I noticed in the bedroom where she sat talking to her friends there's one of those caricatures on the wall of Leah and Corey that they've clearly been to some event, some fair or something, and there's been a caricaturist and they've got their picture done. So in the caricature, Corey is in a camo jacket and cap. Of course he is. Also, it's really... Corey looks fine. It's really, really unflattering of Leah. Leah says next week she finally goes back to high school. Her mum's going to watch the girls' during the day, so I don't even need daycare. Leah's at her mum's and she's saying she's excited to go back to school but she's going to miss the babies. Maybe she'll sneak back on her lunch hour to see them. And Dawn goes, you'll get in trouble. Bitch, you were not worried about that when you used to keep Leah home all day in the ninth grade to clean your house. Yes, that is true. Read the book. I read it. It's craziness. Leah says, I'm excited to finally go back to school and make the most of senior year. But Corey's got an attitude because I'll be back around my ex-boyfriend, Robbie. And we used to get into a lot of trouble together. Leah, of course, is not bringing up the fact that she'll be with Robbie. She's being very discreet and considerate towards Corey. Nope, wrong. She's rubbing it all up in his face. So Corey and Leah sit on the sofa. Corey tells Leah to keep a good head on her. Leah says she's going to live it up just like she wouldn't have done if she wasn't pregnant. Corey doesn't want her to start partying and for it to get in the way of their family. And Leah says, oh, this is mean. She says, my girls is mean more to me than that in a really bitchy way. So she's basically saying, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to the girls. I mean, I'd do it to you, Corey, but I wouldn't do it to the girls because girls mean more to me than that. Oh, Leah is hard to like in this next segment, I'm not going to lie. She does get pretty mean. She says, I know that I'm a mum now, but it's still my senior year and I should be able to enjoy it no matter what, Corey says. Six weeks old. It's my first day back at high school. I can't wait to see all my friends. Leah's getting ready in the bathroom. Corey is holding the babies. He's wearing a camo cap and a long-sleeved turtleneck camo top. Leah's getting ready. She's putting a million coats of mascara on in the bathroom mirror. It's all very 2009. She's got the liquid eyeliner underneath the eyes. And she goes, don't I look good? <laughs> what a bitch. She's rubbing this all in Corey's face. Corey drives Leah to school. Leah is excited. Corey is clearly not excited. She goes into school and we get a voiceover. I have lunch with Rachel and Alyssa and Reagan and Robbie are in my fourth period. Okay, so here's my question. In the book, we find out that Robbie is one year below Leah at school. So how are they in the same fourth period? I'm wondering, did MTV just make her say that on the voiceover to add to the drama? I don't know, maybe they are in the same fourth period, even though they're different ages. But yeah, they have fourth period together, which I'm sure Corey is thrilled about. And then after school, they're all going out to celebrate her first day back. So Leah gets home from school, starts getting ready to go out again. 
Corey sat in the living room holding the babies. I think MTV are trying to show us something here, subtle guys. Leah's like, what's the big deal? She clearly wants an argument. She's like, what's the big deal? Corey goes, I didn't say it was a big deal. You just know Leah wants Corey to be annoyed that she's going out. She's trying to get a reaction out of him. He's not biting, he's not saying anything. So then unprovoked, Leah decides to say, I'm not sure who all is going. I know it's going to be me, Reagan, Victoria. She's riding with Fields and Robbie. Oh, you had to drop that in, didn't you, Leah, that Robbie's going to be there. Corey looks miserable as sin, and I, I do feel bad for him. I feel like he's being very jealous, but actually he was right to be jealous because we do find out that she starts seeing Robbie again. So I can't really be come down too hard on Corey and be like, oh, you've got to trust your woman because... Yeah, he's right. He knows what she's doing and she knows that he knows what she's doing. So Leah is spraying an entire can of hairspray onto her crispy curls, getting ready to go out, making herself look glamorous for Robbie. And now Corey does give Leah what she wants and engage in the argument. While he's getting really worked up and sad, Leah is actually smiling. Again, really hard to, to to like Leah at this point. Um, yeah, she's not she's not being great. Leah goes, I can't stand you. And he goes, I can't stand you half the time. She goes, I can't stand you all the time. So what's it matter? And she storms into the bathroom. Corey's wearing his camo cap still, just so we are keeping tracks on that camo. Corey follows Leah into the bathroom. The bathroom has a public toilet restroom sign on it with, you know, like the stick man and the stick woman. Interesting design choice. It looks like they've stolen the door off like a public restroom and stuck it in their trailer. I don't know if they've done that, but that would be funny if they did. Leah's putting more mascara on and arguing with Corey at the same time. And she's being really bratty. She's like, and I want to go out one time. And just because Robbie's going, I can't go. Corey goes, you get this little attitude on you when you get ready to go out. And he kind of imitates her. So he's, um, he goes like, ah. which it's actually a really good impression. He shouldn't mock her, but it is good. He goes, and you strut around like a little turkey with his tail plucked out. Which again, not a nice thing of Corey to say. But it is true. That is clearly what she's doing here. They argue more and more. Leah goes, how long were we together before we got pregnant? A month. Was I in love? No, I wasn't. Ooh, so harsh. This is escalating so quick. But we know it's what Leah wants. Because she's sick of him. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't want to be with him anymore. She says as much in the next voiceover. I feel like I'm suffocating. All I want is to get away from this whole situation. So she does. Leah goes out, she meets her friends and Robbie in some sort of derelict restaurant and they talk about the babies. Robbie says nothing of any interest. He's not exactly the master of conversation, but all the girls are giggling away at him and flirting as if he's God's gift. They ask Leah when she's getting her license and she says this week or next. How is it that easy to get a license? Like, does she not have to have lessons and like months and months of lessons and then take a test and then maybe fail the test and then take another test? I passed my driving test on my second time. My brother passed on his third time. I won't say how many times it took my boyfriend to pass, but it was quite a lot. I feel like in America, it seems like you just, I might be wrong, but it kind of looks like you just go to a car park, do a three point turn. And then it's like, oh yeah, I've got my license. Sounds great. Yeah, I don't know. She's going to get her license this week or next anyway. And then they all laugh because she says that Corey's buying her a car. 
I wonder if these girls are Chelsea level popular. From reading the book, I don't think they were because I know Liam moved schools a lot. But they seem, I mean, regardless as to however popular she is in school, she's surrounded by a lot of friends. So she's not like a loner by any means. Her friend insinuates that as soon as Corey buys her the car, Leah's going to leave him and they all laugh. Oh, imagine being Corey and watching this. They get back together later as well. They get back together numerous times. Can you imagine you've got back together, you've kind of patched everything up and then you're watching this together. Leah is starting to realise maybe she doesn't want to be with Corey anymore. No way, Leah. You're <laughs> what a surprise. We didn't see that coming. Leah's friends joke that Leah's a MILF. She says she isn't happy and doesn't want to stay with Corey. Leah says she still can't forget about Robbie. Fast forward many, many years when she's still getting with Robbie behind Corey's back when Corey and Leah are engaged and she's having sex with Robbie a week before the wedding. Oof. Robbie is not good news. I think Leah just clearly wants what she can't have as well because throughout this whole relationship with Corey, she's constantly going back to Robbie. Then Corey and Leah finally split up. Leah gets with Jeremy. And then we find out she was cheating on Corey while she was with Jeremy. Like, Leah, make a choice. Pick one and stay with them. Do you know what I mean? It's like she'll be with one person, long pine for her ex, move on to the next person, pine for the next ex after that. Like, come on, girl. She says, the truth is, the more I see Robbie, the more I miss him. What if I ended up with the wrong guy? Okay, so this is the point where she needs to, for her own self-preservation, stop seeing Robbie because she's clearly got feelings for him. But no, she surrounds herself with Robbie more. Seven weeks old. At Corey and Leah's, the, baby, the babies are crying. Ever since I started going back to school again, I've been hanging out with Robbie a lot. AKA, at this point, Leah is still living with Corey but having a full-blown affair with Robbie. Get a shot of Leah straightening her fringe. I love Leah's hair journey. It's such a joy to watch. The crispy curls are in particular a real moment for Leah, I think, in her hair life. Corey sits on the couch and Leah tells Corey she's going out again. Corey's wearing his camo cap at a jaunty angle. I mean, his the situation couldn't be any less jaunty, but the cap is positioned in a very jaunty angle. They're having a competition about who sacrificed more. Corey says he bends over backwards for Leah. And he wishes she would have realised how much he's done for her before you let it go this far with Robbie. Okay, so Corey definitely knows she's cheating on him at this point then. We get, fo we get footage of Leah at school socialising with... Surprise, surprise, it's Robbie. Corey and Leah are in the car driving through the mountains. Oh, this is rough, guys. Corey says, we have a baby now. We're in high school, but you have to think you have a family. Corey is in the camel cap and the camel turtleneck, of course. Okay, you can't go out here and go ho and do shit like that. That, I, I have no idea what Corey said. I couldn't get the subtitles to work, so I just wrote out what it sounded like, which is, okay, you can't go out here and go ho and do shit like that, and you say you don't care what I think. Mm, I don't know what he's saying there. Leah then gaslights Corey to hell. She's like, I'm not... I'm going to be friends with whoever I want. Not everyone's as insecure as you. Yeah, that's bad. That's gaslighting. Because they both know she's cheating on him. And then she's turning around and putting it on him. Saying, oh, you're insecure. You can't control me. Bad move, Leah. She's letting it all hang out in this episode. That's for sure. Leah's also chomping on chewing gum throughout the whole argument. Like a little brat. Corey says he wants to know what to do and how to fix it. And if they're even going to fix it. Leah goes... I don't even know if it's fixable. 
He goes, what? She goes, you, the way you act. Corey goes, we was perfectly fine until he walked through the door. We would talk, we had fun. Not fun, fun like go to hibachis and Target and Walmart fun. Okay, yeah, that sounds like crazy. I know when I was 17, the highlight of my social life was going to Target and Walmart. It wasn't because we don't have those over here and I still am a little bit unclear what Target and Walmart are. I keep thinking in my head maybe Target is like Primark and Walmart is like, I don't know, Costco. Anyway, Corey says they don't have that much fun but they have a little bit of fun and Leah's like, because Corey don't want to. Okay, they, they well and truly hate each other now. That's This is what this argument is. It's the car ride from hell. Corey says she's right because with your attitude nothing's going to be fixable. Leah then says exactly what he said but she says it as though it's an amazing comeback. Leah retorts and practically drops the mic and with your attitude nothing's going to be fixable. Slow clap for Leah and the comeback of comebacks. It seems like all Cora and I do is yell at each other and change dirty diapers. Going to school is the only time I get to just relax and have fun. I see all my friends, I go to basketball games, I'm back where I belong. Today, Robbie and his friend drove me to my mom's house after school. I invited them in to see the girls, but now Robbie's being sort of weird. Okay, so this is why Leah's plan of running off into the sunset with Robbie sort of falls apart. She's invited Robbie and some random guy into her mum's house. Leah's sat there tending to the babies, just doing normal baby stuff. I mean, she's a good... Uh, I was going to say she's a good mum. She's a fine mum here. But Robbie is freaked the hell out. He also could not be sat any further away from Leah and the babies. He sat right across the rooms with his arms crossed, retreated into his shell. Leah asks Robbie if he wants to change a diaper. She says, you better learn how now. Oh, she definitely thinks they're living together and he's raising those girls is with her. Robbie seems really uncomfortable around the twins. I mean, well, yeah, because he's a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> Leah says, maybe it wasn't such a good idea inviting him over. So then Corey, I guess, picks Leah up from her mom. And Corey is not happy, naturally, that Leah invited Robbie to come and see his kids at Leah's mum's house. Leah doesn't care at all. Corey's crying at this point. She's like, he's like, if you're unhappy, Leah, I swear, I don't want you miserable. I'm happy if you're happy. I already know we're done. I know and you know. He's sobbing. I love you and my girls so much, Leah, and I don't want to lose you. This has deteriorated so fast now. It's almost as if moving in with someone and having not one but two of their babies after only a month together is a terrible idea. He said, if we split up tomorrow and you came back and asked if I would take you back, I would. Oh, I think I've just now got into my swing of doing Corey's voice and I've just realized I just need to act like I've got a stuffed up nose. Okay, noted for next time, that's fine. Corey's playing super hard to get here. He's like, oh, if you leave me, I'll take you back. Corey, come on, play a little bit hard to get. Corey is crying and crying. Leah says she lays in bed most of the time and she just wants to cry because she's so unhappy. Corey says, I don't want nobody except for you and not to feel your kiss. Not to feel your kiss or a hug or sleep with you or cuddle with you, you know? They're both crying. I thought the earlier car ride was the car ride from hell, but this is like car ride from hell, the sequel, everyone's drowning in tears. Two months old. Leah's at her mum's on the phone to Regan, recounting the argument that she just had with Corey. 
She says over voiceover, after our argument, me and Corey need a break from each other, so I'm staying at my mum's house for a few days. At school, I tried to talk to Robbie about everything, but he avoided me all afternoon. So Robbie, at this point, has made her leave Corey, and now she's left him. He doesn't want to know. Classic guy. That is so typical. Leah says, I thought he would be happy to hear I'm ending things with Corey, but now I'm not so sure I know what Robbie wants either. Leah is so rash. It's like she she doesn't see the consequences of what she does. She just acts and then expects everything to fall into place. But I suppose that is because she's a child and children don't really understand consequences. After school, Leah is back at her mum's house and there she's talking to her about the situation. They talk about how Corey was a rebound from Robbie and how she wasn't actually over Robbie when she got with Corey. We hear over voiceover that it's been three days and her and Corey haven't seen each other at all. But even if we do break up, we still have a lot to figure out. Basically, Leah needs money from Corey. So they meet in a restaurant so Corey can quote unquote see the girls. I mean, it's probably so she can ask for that child support. It's, again, so hard to understand what Corey says here because I can't get subtitles, but at some point he calls her a stupid bitch. MTV bleeped that out, but I'm guessing he says bitch. Corey's upset that Leah won't let him take the girls' is. When I asked for a little extra money, he blew up. No wonder, Leah. What did you expect? You're going to have this guy. So this guy's massively in love with you. You're going to have his babies, cheat on him, leave him, not let him see the girls' is, and then ask him for money and he's just gonna be like oh okay here's five hundred dollars girl life does not work like that what are you thinking they're in the car again they're having another car argument leah at this point is sat in the car and she does like a Wah! like she does a guttural groan and starts bawling her eyes out she's really unhappy and at this point despite everything she's done you can't help but feel really bad for her she's just a kid in a bad situation who doesn't know what she wants and has to take care of twins like that's a lot nine weeks old Corey has packed up all his stuff and moved back in with his parents Leah is taking care of the girls is alone she phones Don and says how hard it is she hasn't been to school in a week and she misses Corey's company and don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone the pay of paradise okay she talked to robbie a couple of times on the phone but then he stopped returning her calls Ugh. the next day kayla comes over and they sit on the bed with the girls is leah is rocking a black ribbon now so symbolic at the start of the episode she was in a white ribbon now she's in a black ribbon oh what does this mean leah sums up what happens to kayla and kayla says robbie was bad news all along leah kind of knows that and she says she just wanted to escape really and she saw Robbie as that escape. Next scene, Corey and Leah awkwardly take the girls to Corey's parents for a visit. It's gone from them screaming at each other in the car to them not speaking at all. I don't actually know which is worse. This is the most awkward car journey. Corey is wearing his camo cap but to be honest I've stopped counting at this point. But if you want to take a shot, take a shot because he's still wearing it guys. Leah says over voiceover, Corey is a really good dad and seeing him with the girls makes me wonder if I made a big mistake. Two days later, to make things worse, today is Valentine's Day. So Leah is driving at this point, so I guess she did get her driving license. She's with her friends and they talk about Corey. 
She goes, I can't stay in Tim, but I hate to see him leave. Cool, that's functional, Leah. Reminds me of Javi and Kaylin when they were, I don't know, like a year into their relationship and already heading for divorce. And Javi's like, it's like, I want to leave, but I don't want to leave. Mm, okay, Javi. Cut to Corey in his car telling his friend that he's actually done with Leah. He goes, I'm sorry, I actually try and make it work in my life. I try and achieve goals and make it best for my family, but you don't want no part of it. Now you regret it. That ain't my problem. I did not have to sell that truck. I did not have to work two jobs. I did not have to move out and I did not have to buy her everything. I didn't have to do none of that, but I did it because I wanted to make it work. Corey's kind of on his high horse at this point, but again, like I can't argue with what he's saying. He's right. Corey and his friend go into a car park. I guess this is the social hotspot of Elkview Town and they talk to some girls. This news, I guess, gets back to Leah and Leah says over voiceover, I can't believe Corey is dating someone new so soon after breaking up. Um, Leah, you were dating someone else while you were still together. I don't think you've really got grounds for an argument here. Leah and Kayla go to the nail place with babies in tow to cheer Leah up. Leah says, I didn't think my night could get any worse, but on the way home, we ran into some of Corey's friends. Basically, they tell her that Corey is in McDonald's with Paige and Ashley. Whew, what romance from Corey on Valentine's Day, taking two girls to McDonald's. Brackets, I would not complain, nope. Someone take me to McDonald's, I would love that. Leah's gutted. I mean, what did you expect, Leah? She says she blames herself and that she hates her life. Ooh, this is a lot darker than I remembered. Three months old. Valentine's Day was the worst day of my life. Seeing Corey with another girl really hurt me. I can't believe he's moved on. Leah and Kayla sit on a bench and eat some sort of fast food. Leah has realized you don't know what you have until it's gone. And she wonders if it'll get better. Next scene, Leah's on her bed. She's chatting to her mom and she says like the life has been sucked out of her. Whew. She says she feels guilty for turning on her family, but I do feel sorry for her because she's, again, she's only 17. Of course she doesn't know what she's doing. Dawn says, well, you're not an average 17 year old anymore. Really? I hadn't, I'm sure Leah hadn't worked that out at this point, Dawn. Leah lies across the bed and Dawn cuddles her. They seem really close here, but again, from reading the book, that is not the impression I got about their relationship, but I guess that's what they're going for here, close mother and daughter. So Leah lies on the bed, Dawn cuddles her. Leah says she wants to stay here forever. Dawn says it would be nice to stay cuddled up here and say that everything's okay, but it's not. Leah cries, it's sad, that seems sad. Leah in this scene also has blue eyeshadow on here. I know that's not the point of the scene or relevant, but it is worth noticing and I felt I had to flag it up. Whew, oh my God, we made it guys. One hour 20 I've been recording. That is a wild, wild ride. And we're at the end of the episode. Leah does her little bit to camera here. Getting pregnant at a young age was hard. I made a lot of mistakes. I wish I could take every bit back, but I can't. I think she's crying here, by the way, but I'm not going to do the whole speech crying because it's going to be intelligible. Me and Corey, our relationship is not the same anymore. We're not on good terms. I've done him wrong and now he just doesn't want to be with me. It's really hard having two babies at the same time and especially not having Corey around with me to do it together. I'm doing it on my own. 
The whole Robbie thing was a way for me to escape from everything that was going on. The pressure of having two babies. I was trying to be a normal 17 year old again and that's kind of impossible. Now me and Corey's not together and my kids don't have a family like they should have. I can't take back the hurt that I've done, but I would do anything to just take it back and change things. Leah's such an idiot here, because let me just remind you all that in a couple of months, Corey does forgive her and takes her back. And then she does it all again. She cheats on him with Robbie again the day before their wedding. Come on, Leah. You should have watched this episode back and realised, oh, it doesn't work out so well when I go back to Robbie. Maybe I shouldn't keep doing that. Like, girl, it's on film. How much more evidence do you need? Last little bit of the episode, and I'll live with this regret probably for the rest of my life. And it just scares me. Dun, 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 dun. End of episode. Whoo, wow, such drama. That is, yeah, I remember, I knew that episode was longer than the others. I don't think I remembered quite how much went on in there. But yeah, it's a good one. It's a tough one. A lot happens. And then that's all the Team Mum 2 girls done. I know I've not done Brianna yet, but I think what I'm going to do is do all the sort of original girls first. So the original Team Mum girls, the original Team Mum 2 girls, and then next week I might start doing the OG girls. And then after that, I might start looking at Brianna and Mackenzie, or I might go into looking at the Team Mum episodes, or I might do something completely different. I don't know if anyone has a preference on what I do after I've covered these 16 and pregnant episodes, hit me up. I'm on Instagram at Teen Mum Universe, spelled Y-O-Universe, see what I did there. If you like what you are hearing, please leave a five-star rating and review and say wonderful things about me. That would be great, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. I hope everyone has a great week. And I will see you soon. Bye.